All right, what's up, GBU part two. It is Tuesday and we are going over all good things that happened with the coastal teams over the weekend and week one as we prep and get ready to move on to everything behind us. But we got a couple more things we wanna go over and talk to you guys about some of the coastal teams who clearly stood out in big ways. We'll talk about that with Kenton Gibbs of Locked On Wolfpack here in just a bit. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to today's edition of Locked on ACC. I'm your host, Candace Cooper. Thank you so much for joining me today. I am joined by Kenton Gibbs of Locked on Wolfpack. We are rocking and rolling here talking about GBU, good, bad, and ugly from the Coastal teams over week one before we put week one to bed and we move forward and get ready for an exciting week two and all the things that come with it. We appreciate you for making us your first listen each and every day. If you few housekeeping notes, make sure you download, subscribe to the podcast from anywhere you listen to podcasts, as well as our YouTube channels. Help us well get to that quick thousand. We only have a couple hundred left and then we'll be good to go. Nice and monetized, which is what we love to see around these parts. Kenton is here to talk part two. He came back despite some of the angst. I read your comments, read all your reviews and how you feel about how I treat Kenton. But here he is ready for round two to talk about this coast. So Kenton, how we feeling? Oh, I feel great as always. And I'm going to tell y'all this. Not only is Candace mean to me, but some of you fans. I mean, Jesus Christ, you would swear that we called your players and coaches everything but a good Christian. I mean, I promise you, we give as fair of coverage as we know how. And in today's good, bad, and ugly, there will be some unheralded heroes that get some love from us. No doubt about it. But, you know, I think it's all I, I can catch a stray because it's my show. And at the end of the day, Syracuse football fans, listen, that's probably the most we done talked about your team ever on this show and I would you would think you would be like damn the fact that I'm sitting here saying Sean Tucker's having a great Heisman campaign he's gotten things off rolling the right way I have been called many of things for going ham and dying on hills for Dino you would think I would get a little more love but it's all good you know what you can't please everybody because after this show Virginia Tech might be in my tail so who knows who knows See, here's the, the the problem is you're a Southern girl. You're not used to Northeastern hospitality. That's that's what that looks like. That is them being kind. That is New Yorkers being kind to you. See, I'm, I'm a Midwesterner, so I get it a little bit more. I understand it just a little bit. But, yeah, they, they were rough on this last episode. Let's see which fan bases we're going to piss off today. Oh, no doubt about it. So let's start with the good, as we mentioned. Week one started out with the bang with the backyard brawl. It was Pitt. Versus West Virginia in what was a very exciting matchup. We don't have to hold on and talk about the game, but it did give us that reignited feeling of the coastal chaos, right? So I think for me, that was good. It just made me excited about the reemergence of college football and you know the rivalry, the neighborhood energy, which we saw a lot of over the past couple games here for a lot of our ACC teams, but they were good. We're gonna we're gonna let Pitt have that one because they came they came away with the W, so we always can feel positives for that. And a lot of the coastal teams overall came away with wins, and so we're not gonna sit here and hold you and think about anything other than the coastal may be chaotic, but at least it's fun. That's my good. The coastal is fun. You know, I was surprised that you didn't go backyard brawl being good, good because that I that's what I said as, it was good. Oh well, I'm I'm saying the game in and of itself, oh, okay. aside from everything else from the coastal. 
you know, everybody was arguing, well, West Virginia doesn't make enough money for them to make sense in ACC. Y'all saw what I saw in that backyard, bro. Bring them on. Bring them on. Bring them on to the ACC. Let's let's make that thing happen. But now, my good is actually all the quarterbacks outside of Keaton Slovis. Uh, the quarterbacks out of the, the Coastal were much less heralded. There were many more question marks. There were many, there was much more. We don't know who this guy is. We don't know what's going on here. And lo and behold, those coastal QBs showed out each and every one of them, except again, Slovis had it. He and even Slovis he, with the moments where he was him. seeing ghosts, he had some moments. Slovis had some moments, even with the times where he was seeing ghosts. And I'm a I'll say this: despite the final score. If you watch that ball game, Jeff Sims did all he could. That man did all he could to put them in a position to, to get something done. That offensive line was looking like Swiss cheese. They were looking like the, uh, the shirt from the, that the swap meet wouldn't take, just holes all in it. And yet, he did a little something with what he had. And so, Coastal QBs, I mean, Drake May, what an what a introduction. What an introduction, Mr. May. What an introduction. You go forward and you look at all the rest of the teams in the Coastal, and these quarterbacks balled out. But there are people optimistic about Duke football not named Candace Cooper. Ladies and gentlemen, these quarterbacks out of the Coastal, these quarterbacks, we expected Tyler Van Dyke to play well. We expected Brennan Armstrong to play well. But, but boy, oh boy, all of them together, and especially when you juxtapose that against what we saw in the Atlantic with Leary having a terrible game, Cunningham having a terrible game. It's like, yo, what's going on? DJ Uyunglele. Oh, DJ, and I'll tell you this. Again, if you look at the score, you think to yourself, oh, Clemson put up 41 points. He must have dominated. If you actually watch that game, if it wasn't, wasn't for that. two block punts, if it wasn't for two block – Listen, and trust me, as an NC State guy, I know if it wasn't for the power of a block punt, the Atlantic would look very different right now. So, yeah, yeah this is this is a situation where those coastal quarterbacks impressed me bar none. Well, you know, I wouldn't just leave Slovis by himself. Grant Wells from Virginia Tech also was one that we don't have to add in the conversation. <sighs> but I will say you are absolutely right. When it came to quarterback play, I think the Coastal, bar none, had an excellent showing. Considering a lot of them have new coaches starting in their year one. You got Mario Cristobal. You got Tony Elliott. You got Mike Elko. You know, you have all these people Brent Pry, but you know, whatever. You have all these new coaches coming in, starting their new systems, and people are wondering, can you adjust? Can you figure out how to work under a new offensive scheme? And they did fairly well. And so we'll give them the nod for that. Now, as we transition, and we're going to talk about the Georgia Tech as being the good, I think overall the Coastal is just, as much as people talk about the Atlantic being so dominant, I don't know. I feel like it, it's pretty much an even even Steven right now when it came when it comes to coastal and Atlantic teams. You think it's still coastal? And you still you still think it's Atlantic being superior? You still think Atlantic absolutely, superior? absolutely. Wow. Let me let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. There's, After there's, all the week ones, you still here, think Atlantic I, you, superior? Anybody who knows me knows I'm not a, a week one warrior. I'm not one of those people sure. that I see week one and I'm like, oh man, everything I thought was different. Beating up on Bethune Cookman is not gonna make me feel differently about Miami. And let me say this now, Miami fans: the state of Florida had a time last night. Y'all had a good old time this weekend. Y'all are playing some good ball down there. Even the schools that's not in the ACC, y'all playing some great ball down there. 
I am not all of a sudden convinced that the teams at the top of the coastal, if you go basically one through three or four, are taken out. If you go like round robin with the Atlantic one through four, they're taking them out. I'm not sure about that. I I have very strong doubts about that. Because again, when you get past Miami, who else is there in, in the coastal that you feel real good about? And, and again, another time where you got to watch the game now, West Virginia did all they could to get that game to pit. That poor little receiver said, hey, this, this ball is coming. We're not on the bed. We're not on the bed. I should probably We're catch. But I'm, I'm, just, I'm just saying, if you're, you're asking me, if the, if the question is, do I feel like the Coastal is now on track with the Atlantic? No, I just, I don't. Okay. Okay. I guess we, I guess again, we were watching two different week ones. And, and I'll tell you this. Okay. I'll tell you okay. this. I'll tell you this. I am more than okay with changing my opinion when there is new information that, you know, <laughs> shakes that out however what i saw out of week one i didn't get drastically different information to say well wait a minute these teams aren't what i thought they were at all this team is a lot worse this team is a lot better this team is like hmm, not really understood this episode is brought to you by underdog fantasy the easiest place to spice up college football season it's easy to play and you can win cold hard cash in a single game underdog has investments backing from the likes of mark cuban kevin durant adam schefter and more they always have been focused on building superior products for a fun user experience customer support team is top notch and the best in the business you really want to make sure you get down to sign up with the promo code locked on and underdog will double your first deposit up to 100 deposit 100 get 100 dollars free Go to underdogfantasy.com or find the Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store or Google Play Store. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code locked on. Get in on one of college football's pick actions today. So we're rocking and rolling here with Kenton Gibbs of Locked On Wolfpack talking about the good, bad, and ugly from the coastal side of things. And the good is that the coastal looked all right. The quarterback play was pretty decent enough, and we saw some superstars excelling and got a little surprises. Now the bad of it, we can go right to it after last night's game in Clemson and Georgia Tech. The bad thing that I saw was coach clock management. I'm like, listen, everyone who's listened to the show for real, knows how much and how hard I've gone for Jeff Collins. I said I ran in the wall for that man after listening to him at ACC kickoff, but everyone convinces me that I should run in the wall for them after ACC kickoff. But Jeff Collins made me feel confident that this was the year that was growth. We put it all together. And not for nothing, your defense showed me there is growth. You're putting it together. Your offense, listen, without Jameer Gibbs, it's okay. Well, what the hell are they going to be? Jeff Sims did everything he could. The points do not reflect how that game went but when it came to clock management jeff collins you have got to explain to me your decision making to not try and go for it with a little time left on the clock and decide yeah we're just going to go into halftime being only down what seven points it was it just was very frustrating as someone who is trying to i'm on your side here show me that you're hungry do you not believe in your team you don't believe your team can try and get some points on the board in the last second or were you so worried that they could mess it up and potentially have that clemson defense run it back for a pick six or something like that like let me know what the issue was that was the bad for me i 100 percent agree as far as that was a very negative thing um at the end of the day you got to let that thing rip man and i understand that there was a first play interception on them throwing the ball deep i get that but the the way that you build upon that and capitalize on that your deep, excuse me, your defense then got the three and out on the next possession. 
Okay, so you tell your offense, good. This is what we thought was going to happen. We knew that was a 50-50 ball. The 50 went their way. Guess what? We're getting back aggressive. We're getting back after their behinds. And that just didn't happen. It just seemed like after that first play interception, it was like, okay, we're going to play it very conservatively. We don't want to, you know. And, and even when we do get in fourth and short, we'll be aggressive by running QB sneaks. And that's what we're going to do here. And, you know, they ran two QB sneaks to end up still in their own territory on two QB sneaks or fourth down to still end up in their own territory that Collins needed to be actually aggressive and not fake aggressive in, in terms of like, you know, it, it's, it's easy to make certain calls. I wanted to see him make the hard calls, make the, the, the ballsy, make the, you know what, this is going for it. I don't care. We're going to do it. We're going to make this thing shake. It's giving trust issues, right? Because at the end of the yeah. day, if you don't trust, if you don't trust Justin, just say that. But I was, I was hoping to see more based on how, to me, the energy was sort of in Georgia Tech's favor throughout the game. It was a lot of shifts because everyone was surprised at how well their defense was handling DJ and just sort of exposed their offense being sort of the same. Everyone wanted to put that on Tony Elliott, but it looked. Mm, that we are reinventing any wheels over here, but maybe that's what happens when you hire internally and you don't try and get new, fresh ideas in there. But that's just my straight for the day. Other Whoa. bad. Okay, let's go ahead. Oh, I was about to get into my bad because I, I need to, you know. I have one more I, bad, though. But you, Oh, go, go for ahead. it. I'll let you go have your bad. Okay. Well. Okay. <clears throat> Carolina, if it's, is your bad Carolina defense? Absolutely. Uh <laughs> You know, I, I wish that Isaac Shade could be here as well because I'd, I'd love to have two UNC folks here to discuss this. Because uh-uh, don't put me in that group. I'll, everybody I'll told him. me. Every, oh, wait a minute. Don't put me in the group. I thought you, I thought you were Tar Heel born and bred, my dear. I what am born and bred, but they made me mad right now. I don't talk about them. Don't, put, don't, put, don't make it a us. Just talk about the Tar Heels. It's Just so interesting because what was it? Was it Bateman or Longo? Which which one was it? Which one was the D coordinator from last year? Bateman. Okay, well, everybody said it was Bateman. You just they talked young oh, yesterday. How do you forget that fast? They said, oh, man, Bateman's the problem. Bateman's got to go. We got Chiswick now. We're all right. I ain't never, ever, 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 ever seen a team give up 40 and a quarter. Not not in a game. Not in a half. 40 and a quarter? Mm, 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 mm. Tragic, tragic, tragic. I just, you know, of all the things, of all the things that I could imagine, you know, to, to see that there was so much talk about it was the scheme and they had the players and, you know, Max doing such a great job recruiting. It was just the scheme and what they were coaching. Well, <clears throat> Candace, I don't think you and I could do worse than that. I, I don't, if I went out there and told him, hey, listen, we, we're running, um, We're this is going to be our call for base. Uh, green. We're going to run four, two, five green. That's what we're going to run all game. That's going to be cover three. That's what we're going to do all game. I don't think we would have did worse. I don't think, cause I don't think you can do worse than allowing 40 and a quarter. Oh man. Just, just what a great time. What a, what an awful performance by that defense. I, you know, it, you, you go from talking about how good Drake may was, cause he was phenomenal. He was no offense or buts about it, but you go from talking about that to looking at that defense that, that, that did so poorly at times, I was thinking to myself, no, somebody on that defense got App State on the money line. I know it. I know they do. Ain't no way you just out here floundering for six touchdowns given up in one quarter. But here we are nonetheless. And I'm going to drop the mic after that. 
Okay, thank you so much. It's giving bail city to me. Like you're just bailing on, you're just expecting Drake to do everything. You're expecting the offense to do everything for you. And you're just saying to yourself, oh, defense just has to do enough. It's giving flashback. It's giving deja vu. I don't want Drake May's career to be having to be Captain Sava. I don't want him to have to be putting the team on his back every game. I don't want our receivers who Josh Downs, heaven forbid, doesn't have to, can't return in the next couple of games. We're expecting Petaway and the rest of the guys, Nesbitt, to be exponentially better and step up in ways that's very stressful. I would like our defense who, again, Power Eccles, great. Cedric Gray, cool. I'm giving a nod there. But what is going on in the secondary? Tony Grimes, Storm Doug, y'all been here too long for this still to be a thing. And at this point, I don't even think it's y'all. I think it's coming from leadership. I think them boys ain't being coached up. Period. I'm not going to name drop coaches because you know who you is and y'all can read it and find it because a public university, you can read the roster as you want. I don't think that some of the coaching staff is doing right by those boys. And I'm going to leave it at that. I'm going to tell you this. I, I learned the phrase a long time ago from Tom Luganville that stuck with me and, and I'm never going to forget it. It's not about your X's and your O's. It's about your Larry's and your Joe's. And them Larry's and Joe's ain't doing what they supposed to do. We've seen through two different coaches now, two different coaches. You're looking funny in the light, baby. You're looking shaky, baby. But it's not even your it's not even your coordinators that's having issues. It's your position coaches that seem to be struggling. Mm, mm, interesting. So I think it's a position coach issue. But also beyond that, the bad overall tackling is terrible. Like if you well, can't tackle, I can't work with you. I can't do nothing with you if you don't know how to do the fundamentals. But if you can't also coach up your Larrys and Joes to get those fundamentals down, that's absolutely. a flaw from that's a flaw from leadership. That's not that's not them kids. Absolutely, absolutely, and that that goes into my ugly. But I don't want to get into that too early. I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you run the show and and, and take us there. But I do agree the tackling uh, has been atrocious. But honestly, early in the season. We always talk about two things being really bad, which we saw in abundance for across the ACC, special teams and tackling. We always expect those two to be bad, and we saw them in, in games across the Atlantic and the Coastal. Those two things were the determining factors in a ton of games. Like, that's just that's just the reality, right? If we go from top to bottom, I would say at least, at least a good 40, maybe more percent were determined by those two things, special teams, tackling. Yeah, 100%. Well, we can move on to the ugly here as we talk about the good, bad, and ugly that is from our coastal teams that we saw over the week one Labor Day extravaganza. And if you missed last night's game against, wait, not wait for us, Clemson and Georgia Tech, it was a doozy, right? It was a game until it wasn't. It very much was all yellow jackets in terms of defense. DJU got exposed a little bit. They're not the top four team in the country. A lot of people were saying, people were saying we need to bring Cade in and well, ain't gonna hold you. Kate ran that ball and he marched down that field. And I was like, DJ, this is not the time. I mean, maybe you shouldn't have put up as much points because we didn't need to see Kate get any reps. Like that, that was tough for me. But you know, that, that was tough. I'm gonna tell you the ugly for me this weekend was football IQ. Now here's the thing. Yes, 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 yes. I, that wasn't I, my ugly, but yes. Okay, I, I, I'm gonna say this. I when I came up, I was a football junkie. I am not the biggest defensive tackle in the world. I wasn't the biggest defensive tackle in the world. I wasn't the strongest, wasn't the quickest, wasn't the most physically important. I knew football inside and out. I knew the little things that I had to know at a very high level. There were so many moments this weekend out of the coastal where I'm looking around like, 
what are you doing from a standpoint of not like, oh, I misaligned or I made a mistake on an assignment on things that should come to the front of your head in certain situations. And I hate to go back to him. I'm lying. I don't hate to go back to him. But the boys in baby blue, why are you returning an onside kick for a touchdown with 30 seconds left? That's going to put the opposition in position to score and go to overtime. What is wrong with you? That's called hero ball. That's called wanting to be the hero of the day, save the day, get the chain, get the belt, whatever have you. Not not football IQ. That's called I want to do. I'm trying to put the team on my back. I'm trying to save the day. That's what that is. And then, but I also blame leadership for not telling him what he needed to do in that moment. But that's the thing. Do y'all not drill these things? Do y'all not? Because at NC State, we specifically drill. Hey, in this situation, if this is the situation, get the ball, go down. Hey, in this situation, if you get an interception, get the ball, go down. Do not try to return it. Do not try to score a touch. Get down. Get down. Win the game. But even if you jack it up, let's say you jack it up, you run it back, whatever, what have you, you still can't stop them and you let them march back down? Help me understand. I mean, listen, I, I've I talked about If you want to be the hero in that moment, be an even bigger hero in the other. I talked about the Atlantic defenses falling flat, but for the most part, the Coaster did not have as many defenses, nowhere near the same amount of defenses falling flat in crucial moments. But yeah, that was a thing. But then I want to go back to what you talked about with Coach Collins and the poor management of the clock. Again, that is football IQ. What are we doing here? What are we doing? And, and let's talk about Collins and that team a little bit more because Georgia Tech is a team that I was riding with to shock the world this year. I thought they were going to be something decent. If your best success, if hear me out, hear me out, hear me out. You're going under center and running the ball. Brissy is tearing your offensive line apart. That Clemson defensive line is tearing your offensive line apart. Carter is running the the number zero, Carter running sideline to sideline, looking like the next coming of Ray Lewis or something. This is this is you cannot do anything running the ball. The most success that they had was going empty set figuring it out, running some quick game, running some things off that. Why do you not continue that? If that's all you're having success with, do that thing. It's like if you go to the doctor's office and say, hey, doc, my arm hurts every time I do this, and you work in an office. Well, just stop doing this. You don't have to do that anymore. Stop it. And yeah, the second half adjustments were just not. It, it they weren't wasn't there. Like, let's work with what we know. It was, let me try something whole new. You know, let's and go to- back to something that's not working. And to hold on to his timeouts going in the half. You don't get extra time. Your timeouts don't stack. It's not like, oh, I, I held the first three, so now we got five in the second half. And but he acted as half. if they did because he burned them thing. Oh, all right. Bad look. Yep. Go ahead. Let me get a timeout. Football IQ uh, across the Atlantic. I'm sorry, across the coastal was, um, uh, uh, baby, what are you doing? What's, what's going on here? It was – Questionable to say the least, and and I'm hoping that this gets better because again, I guess it's college football. Yes, these are young men who are you know some of them only been playing the game for a few years, whatever the case may be. Yes, these are are coaches that many aspire to go to the NFL one day or whatever the case may be. But I just I, it is hard for me to look at seeing you have uh, multiple teams with very very you know low football IQ moments. Where you're just left scratching your head and saying, "What? What? How did that happen? How did True. that?" True. 
And my ugly moment would be the fact that ODU beat Virginia Tech because at the end of the day, we're still an ACC, you know, Power Five conference. It is a backyard, quote unquote, neighborhood brawl, whatever you want to call it. You mm-hmm. got to step up. You you have you can't sit here and tell me you don't have the playmakers to beat Old Dominion University. More more than that, it was just lack of energy. Brent Pry, who I've been raving about, mean Mr. Spark, Mr. Always Up, you know, go go go. I mean, there were guys crying in that locker room, downtrodden because of that loss. It was a lot going on. Because, I mean, emotionally, that I think NC State guys would have cried if they lost to ECU. I think Carolina guys would have cried if they lost to App State because of, you know, you know, the, you know, this is the school that, of course, you just brush, brush it off. You get that letter, you're like, ODU, Virginia Tech, like, of course I'm not looking at ODU, whatever, what have you. I don't think they took them as seriously as they should have, and they got caught with their pants down. I'm going to say this. I'm going to add on to my ugly here, the second part of my ugly. I never thought I'd see the day. I never – if you would have told me, Ken, this day is coming, and 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 you know, I'll bet uh, uh, I'll bet dollars to your donuts. I will bet you a billion dollars to you having to give me five donuts. I would have took these odds all day and tomorrow. If you would have told me I was going to have to apologize to Braxton Burmeister for saying <laughs> that the quarterback play at Virginia Tech couldn't get no worse, I would have never believed you. I would have never believed you. I would have I would have called you a lie. I would have called you everything but a good Christian. And here we are. Braxton, I'm sorry, dog. I'm sorry. I, I didn't know. I didn't know that it was this bad. I did. <laughs> Look, you know how we always talk about like, oh, Kanye, he ain't been right since his mama died. Like, they ain't been right since they let him the hooker go. They, they have not right. been right. It's they all been, been right. left. It's all been left since then. And they left with an L out of ODU because that – it's all been like, I could not believe how bad Wells was. I, I was legitimately sitting there like, what is he looking at? But that's even more, that's more unsettling because if he's QB1, what else y'all got to work with? That's the biggest and they, problem. And they didn't bench him after pick number one, after pick number two, after pick number three. And, ooh, 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 yeah. ooh. That, that certainly was tough. And, you know, at the end of the day, we got another week. Week two is here. We're going to figure out who's injured, who's good to go. We're going to read some of your comments on YouTube, and we're going to have the Wednesday read, and we're going to get things rolling. We're going to put this behind us and prepare for what should be a really strong week two. But more than that, I think, you know, I'm still excited about college football. I'm still excited about the ACC. But more importantly, I'm excited because everyone can give me an apology about Duke football. Can't wait. Can't wait. We all know that at worst, Duke is going two and two out of these first four games. At absolute worst. At absolute worst. At best, they're going to come out four and oh. It's possible. It's not, that's and not they, a crazy thing. And, and for everyone who's like new to the show, just understand the bet is that Duke will win six games. If they do, I'm getting $150 from Kenton Gibbs here. Now, and, and here's the thing it's not about them going four and oh, that, that's like, go have me shaking in my boots. My thing is, I as bad as some of these coastal teams look, I don't see them beating too many of them. I can see them beating Virginia Tech for sure. I can see that. Okay. Uh, other than them, okay, they can they can't beat Carolina. They can't beat Carolina. I I don't see that happening. I don't. Okay. I those okay. two because those two schools like really hate each other. They really hate each other. They're gonna get each other's best game. And like while I don't have any faith in that. Um, UNC defense at all. While I don't have any faith in that, you if you ask me who I have more faith in to score more points, Duke's offense or North Carolina's, 
Drake made for the win. Let's go. May of course, Drake's going to score more points, you know. but, I mean, could Duke's defense actually give him something to, you know, hold him up? Who knows? Find out on the next episode, friends. Yeah, yeah, because Temple was a great – Temple was a great barometer for, you know, the offenses they're going to see this year. FAMU was down 25 players, okay? Anyway, I am so glad to see you guys once again for Candace Cooper and Kenson Gibbs. We will be back next week, Wednesday Reads with A.J. Black from Lost on Boston College tomorrow. Until next time.